Hello, friends. This is Corey the Joy here with Stacking Pennies. We're going to break down all things Pocono. Obviously, the 11 and the 18. Big disqualification, handing the win to Clyde Elliott. My man is on a heater of a run. We're going to break down some of that. We're also going to break down the Truck Series playoffs with the regular season champion, Zane Smith, as the favorite. We're also going to be joined by my good buddy, Dylan Smith, a.k.a. Black Mamba. It's going to be his first ARCA race this weekend at IRP. We're going to talk to him, see what his expectations are this weekend. Talk to Ty Gibbs a little bit. Give him a little bit of grade on what his first Cup Series debut entailed. Uh, so let's break it all down right here on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Well, if you're wearing an 11 or 18 shirt, you're probably saying Poco no. But if you're Clyde, you're saying Poco yes because you landed down in Dawsonville, Georgia to the tune of a Pocono win. We're going to break down that disqualification. First one since 1960. Uh, interesting that NASCAR went about it this way. Also, we're going to break down to that with three of my best friends in the entire world. One, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey, how's it going? Are you having a good day? I'm having a fantastic day. Hope you are. As well as Jonathan Merriman. How's it going? You look great. Thank you. Nice on clouds. Appreciate that. They're green. They are green. I got the black ones too. They're so comfy. We're like teammates. We are like teammates. And then last but not least, Pit Road Boats and Woes Analyst, front tire changer for Ryan Blaney. Uh, were you able to get that right front tire off after you stuffed that thing or what? I didn't even see it. After it's left. I did get a lot of hate mail. Why? Because you, you didn't the take the wheel off when you got in the car and I... Told oh you, my! Told God. you it didn't count, and people were pretty mad that I said that. But you did a good job, dude. There was about a second and a half of terror. I thought I was getting stuck in that thing. You <laughs> could tell you were kind of like you had the leg in. You kind of rocked back and forth a little bit. You didn't take Bro, the wheel off. This Chuck's. Oh. I took the like, wheel off. No, okay. I, I, I'm, like, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I was like, wait, where? Oh, climbed in the car yep. like Dale. Like yep. Dale yeah, Smith. but also he didn't have a a the joy of seating seat to climb over. Well, he didn't have like the the. The windows were a little bit smaller. I think, I believe on these cars, the windows are fairly small. But the leg braces, the headrest is really what, what you know, makes it hard because the right one's super long. The left one, though, like you can't move your hips in the way that Senior did. Like he just kind of like, and then went down in there. Uh, so I, I was in a predicament where like my right knee was up against my cheek and my left leg and my hips were kind of cocked in a way. I was like, oh, no, boys, like I might be stuck in this thing. But uh, luckily, uh, I slid her down in that thing. It, she got some views on the old Twitter. I think got over a hundred thousand. You know, nice. so it's all about the content. Good week in the content department with the old SummerSlam video. That thing went global. Uh, shout out to my man Noel. What's his last name? McEwen. 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 He did the voiceover that would have made Chuck Bush proud. You heard that video, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So he literally just did that, like in the, in Alpha Vision and Sean's. I love a good voiceover studio. Like Crushed it. Crushed it. Uh, luckily, we didn't crush up the old SummerSlam car. We had an opportunity to on the restart when I was like middle of six wide. Um, I think Michael McDowell thought that he was uh, somebody was on his right rear after I talked to him, when, even though he was on the top. Didn't give me as much room, room as I anticipated. Kind of clipped my right front, and I was along for, for the ride, trying to just keep that thing out of the fence. Luckily, we did, and we just had an old-fashioned old blue-collar day, man. Just kept it on the rails, started 23rd. Finished 21st and, you know, got two by 
to buy, uh, what's the word there? Attrition, maybe, not even. Just disqualification. Got two spots for another cha-ching top 20 stagging pennies. Ooh. Dude, more people busting their ass off of Bro was off so of one and off of three, but the tunnel turn, not an issue. Surprisingly. Surprisingly, yeah. it was. Turn three, man, it was uh, – it was it was slick. I don't know if it was a combination of there's no vertical load there, so you're really asking a lot of capability out of the tire, and you're trying to put the throttle down for that long straightaway, and you're simultaneously like crossing seams of the racetrack. So you've got a lot of grip from the resin that you're counting on, and all of a sudden it goes away, and you're crossing seams, and uh, it bit the 2, bit the 12, bit the 10, bit the 45. 45. Well, they said the 1, the 24. The 1. Did the 1 spin out? I think in practice. Oh, yeah. That's lot, right, and the 24. A lot of sidewall talk, not as much give. With There's, I mean, obviously, it's. I think it's half, the, maybe an inch and a half less of a sidewall. So with that being said, man, because you had a lot of sidewall flex with the old tires, and you could kind of, the margin for error was bigger uh, with, the, with the previous tire because you could slip it and you could chatter the tire, and then you could kind of gather it up. But now if you load that sidewall up too much and it chatters, like it's not coming back. That, you're on the literally the razor edge of grip. And we saw Kurt unfortunately slipped that edge and qualifying the second round, made it to the top 10, and then backed her in the fence. Big lick. Uh, over 25 Gs was that one. And unfortunately, he did not pass NASCAR's clearance, um, which paved the way for young Tyrone Gibbs. Uh, when we asked him here on the show when his first Cup Series race was going to be, I thought it was going to be the Daytona 500. Sure enough, it wasn't. It was the Pocono 400. Eminem's fan appreciation 400 to be exact. Let's just get right to it. I am one of the biggest Ty Gibbs fans. I really do uh, think that he has got all of it. He's got the speed. He's got the people around him. He's in the right scenario to build, to really hone his skills. Uh, and I do think he's got a really good head on his shoulder. And he's just made some young mistakes that I think he's going to learn from. So I will start. I was going to ask y'all's opinion on Tyrone's debut because let's just put in perspective he's jumping in a car he's never driven before not even one time when they originally said that he was on the simulator at one o'clock in the morning i just assumed that it was a trd simulator up there in salisbury but it wasn't it was just his iRacing simulator he's got at the house granted it's probably a thirty thousand dollar rig pretty sweet one but going from iRacing to the real world is quite the jump finished second in the xfinity race the day before behind noah gragson shout out to noah gragson for getting that win Puking on the front stretch. Puking on the front stretch. Um, I don't know why he does that. He's just a puker, is he, man. Is he just like is he is adrenaline so worked high? Up, like man, what's he sometimes. saying in his post racer? He's I, he gets he says he gets super worked up. So some people. I, don't, I guess I don't win, so gotta... I can't I can't speak on that. You know, I probably would get worked up too. My, my pants, Chuck. <laughs> that might be my thing. I want you to win now just so we can find out. We'll see. Like, that's hey. the only reason. Yeah. Work for Tony Stewart. Yeah, work for Tony Stewart to Glenn. Um, all right, back to Tyrone Gibbs. I don't know anybody's expectations were for him, but if he, he did not put a wheel wrong, he didn't speed on pit road, he didn't run into anybody, brought it home in the 18th position, and then by proxy finished 16th. I give Ty's debut an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. That's my grade. Okay. Because I don't think you can ask any more out of him for what did he deliver on Sunday. I mean, Denny Hamlin's first trip to Pocono, he won the race. First ever race, though. Right. Hey. First ever. I mean, I give him a B plus. Now, I'll tell you who had, you know who had the best rookie race of all time? Their first race? Ooh. Rusty Wallace with a P2 Atlanta. Mm. 
So are you telling me that Rusty Wallace is better than Ty Gibbs? Well, but, but when he was uh, looking at that. Are you telling me? I'm looking at you. <laughs> no. Oh, you love Rusty Wallace. Wait. Hang on, Big hang on. you're saying Wallace, Ty man. Gibbs is, is better than Rusty Wallace? I'm just not going to answer the question. Now, we were asking you the question. That's... Rusty Wallace isn't isn't my type of light beer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's not a Miller? I do love Miller. <laughs> you're great, Chuck. I, I'm, I'm at a B. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm at a solid B. Just because... B. 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 What do you expect? But that's, like, I don't, I, I don't want to give someone an A because I feel like you've got room to grow. Like if you if you set if you set the bar too high, it's like I'm never going to give you 100 percent on something because I want you I want to give you some room to grow. No, no, it's got to be put a little a uh, little uh, chip on his shoulder so he can get out there and get that A the next time he goes. Get that A. Well, is there anything that he that he did not do on Sunday? I didn't run in the top he, ten. He well, no, because well, the cup series well, is hard. He hey did. man, you got a cake for running fifth. Now you're trying to give out A pluses for running 18th. He, I don't know you anymore. He did not. <laughs> I don't know you, dude. He, it's it's. He did not have his name. The hardest guy that in Ty Gibbs's life that he's had to pass is the guy that ran 24th on Sunday. I mean, he carved up Kyle Larson at the last – at the at road America. America. Like he's, Fair enough. He's cup ready, and he was in you know a, a car who's essentially a teammate, won the race. He did a great job. He did a great job. But uh, an A-plus is see, a, I would a top give, 10 day for me. I give Zane Smith – I give him an A – Plus, I, would, I mean, I would rank them both at a B. Yeah, I'd probably rank Zane a little bit higher because of the equipment he was in versus the equipment Ty was in. But all what, the same. what both of them did. It's a next gen car, man. They're all the same. They're all, all built the, the exact same, except what, one, some have tape on them and some don't. Well, what both of them did, in my opinion, that was was key, was they kept their name out of the announcer's mouth in terms of getting themselves in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. They raced smart races. When they were in the race car, <laughs> that's it, and that's that's a B day. That's not an A day. An A day is you go out, get in the I top ten. I don't think get that your you, name on the broadcast for a positive reason, Chuck. I don't think that you're putting enough credit to how hard the Cup Series is. It's very hard. I'm, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying if we, if if everything is even, like say it's all hard. Like what's your curve? Like what what are you, you grading on a curve here? Because he's. I'm saying your first race out of the box yeah. with no preparation. No practice. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You, you put that in consideration. No practice first lap on the track was... The green flag. The green flag. Yeah, he did a great job. Pocono is a good place to do that because there's a lot of room. And starting in the back, you can kind You're of... You're not going to go okay. lap down. Yeah. Figure it out. Uh, if so, so all that stuff is B+. Plus. A minus. That's fine. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Hey, you've convinced me. You've convinced me to shade it up to a B+. Plus. What could he have done to get an A+. At some point, crack the top 10. Even if he didn't stay up there. I raced 36 times a year and cracked the top 10 like three times. And those, those times, those were A races. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Every other time, C minus. No, that's... Uh, yeah. It's better than getting a D. I just, know, I just know how hard it is, man. And also, he's racing against people he's never raced against. Um, so, And also, yeah. he's 19 years old. Yeah. Like, it is asking a lot for a kid to jump in to like to zip up Kurt Bush's fire suit. He's not even wearing his own fire suit. Not even wearing his own driver's shoes. Right? Not in his seat. Not his car. I would have been job. surprised if Ty Gibbs finished in the top ten. Like I my expectations for I literally Ty Gibbs said he's gonna finish in the finish sixteenth. You gotta yeah, have to with like, but my expectations for Ty Gibbs are not the same as, you know, p- plug in someone that's not as good as him. Right? I don't we're not gonna name names, but there are three I, guys in my opinion that are cup ready that are not in the cup series. 
Zane Smith, Ty Gibbs, and John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah. Interesting thought. I just heard this on Door Bumper Clear uh, that they had John Hunter Nemechek scheduled to drive Kurt's car to fill in. And I saw, I saw him there. I saw him there, and he was on his phone, and he walked by, and he kind of gave me like, like I was like, hey, man. And he kind of gave me like, Ugh. obviously, he just got told that he wasn't the one driving it. So I don't know what happened there, which begs the question. Who would you have put in that car? Tyrone. Well, yeah, I, know, I think I know where you're going with this and finish your thought because I think I, I, think I know where you're going. It's, it's it audition. It's next year. Yep. It's audition. I, I would say that the grant, you know, that. Lack of better turn. Grandkid has the shot to get an 18 car. If if Kyle's not going to come back, it, you plug him in. It's it's no different than Austin when Brad said he was leaving. You know, okay, we're going to put Austin in the two, and we'll find somebody else for the 21. I agree with that. That's a pretty good audition, too. That's the proverbial, hey, let's throw him in the deep end. Let's see if he can swim. We all knew that he could swim, but you don't know until you see it. We don't know that Zane Smith could swim until you see it. Same weekend, I want to put credits where credits do. Ben Rhodes practiced the 16 car and wrecked it the first lap yeah so i don't know if left her tire down or whatever i don't want to like get too far into it but like guy like the cup cars are hard enough to drive and zane smith had practice in the 17 car all things considered and did a really good job i think he got spun out of pit road and got caught up and stuff and still came back to run the top 20 day it's hard to run in the top 20 in a cup series especially your first time what do you got up there, Chuck? Well, I was just pulling up because I, I was trying to remember, like, other people who got their first start at Pocono. Bubba Wallace got his first start mm. there. Sped on pit time, like, like, pit road, like, nine times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it Pocono is a good track to do that, but it's also a tough track. Like, it's not – It's tricky. It's, it's a tricky track. That's what they say. If you will. Um, but, you know, he finished 26th, started 16th. But still, that's – Bubba Wallace did? Yeah. I mean, the, the – the big rookie mistakes are speeding on pit road, stuff like that. You know, those are getting yourself traps. in bad arrow spots. And, you know, Ty Gibbs did a solid job. All right. Time out here. Time out. Let's, let's hit fast forward in this conversation. Day 2500. Who's driving the 18 car? Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. I would agree. I, I, Ty Gibbs if, I had a, if I had to go, like, go put money on it right now, that's who I'm betting on. Ty Gibbs is driving the 18 car at Daytona. Who do you think? Me? I don't know. God, I'm such, not here to speculate. You're such a company. I mean, maybe, look, no, maybe. It, plot you, twist: you, They fire Tyler Reddick from the eight because they're mad at him. And they put him in it for a year. Before I can see that. I really no, can see I don't that. Go to, yeah, he'll swoop and swap. Yeah, he'll swoop and swap. You're gonna go to Chevy for your thing. He'll swoop and swap. I, that's what I think, man. It's a big, 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 big financial difference between those two drivers behind the seat, and I really don't see you're gonna get that much of a difference in terms of finish position. Uh, on a given basis. Now, also, what? let's put. What? Let that me was finish my ice thought. Cold. Let me finish my thought. Kyle Busch could win every race in the championship, and Ty Gibbs could finish dead last, and the split on what they're going to make for money isn't the difference. Yeah, but trophies are the difference. Are they? Mm. I think so. You're talking about a sponsor. Look, tens of millions. This isn't like what what's left in your wallet. Like, this is the entire budget the seven-car race is on is the difference between the two drivers' salary. Yeah. It's a pretty big difference. Who do you want? Who would you want in your car? Who would I want in my car? Yeah. O- over the two of them? Yeah. If I could pay them? Well, right now. I'd put Kyle Busch in my car over Ty Gibbs. All right. If, I mean, money's, if money's not on If money's on not an option, yeah. yeah. Money, uh, it's not about the money, Chuck, until it's about the money. Right. And it's always about the money. But if, here's the thing. If, if Kyle Busch, hypothetically, let's throw out some round. Let's just throw out some, like, Random numbers. If Kyle Busch is making a hundred dollars to drive your car, and that's what he thinks 
is driving your car's worth. Mm-hmm. He's already tough to deal with $100 a year make, driving your car. If you pay him $40 a year to drive your car, how's he going to act now? I mean, if you're mm-hmm. going from a purely business standpoint, numbers only, and you take the thrill of victory out of it, like this guy has all the trophies, all that. If you're going off of the numbers, yes, Ty Gibbs makes sense because he's not asking for X amount of money because he's not a veteran driver. It's like you're not, for the lack of a better, like he does know better because he has people in the industry that know, but he hasn't earned the right to command X number of dollars. If you're So budgetary-wise, it's cheaper, especially if you're Gibbs and you don't have Mars coming back. But you look what it sounds like, you don't have anybody. Besides, in the interstate better. Ty Gibbs is going to drive one of those cars regardless in the future. Yeah. It's going to happen. Kyle so Busch is 36 years old. I, like, I get it. But Mark, if he if he's we're not, not talking about true We're not talking about the situation with a 40-plus-year-old guy. But it, the holdup is not his age or his talent. But it's Kyle's the, also going to lend you way more stuff for your notebook than, than a rookie. But if you in. can't afford him, you can't afford him. Right. Well, Did you see the Instagram video that NASCAR put up when Coach – Went to go acknowledge that Kyle. That was afterwards. crazy. Yeah, I did see that. You see the look on his face? Didn't well. Kyle didn't, didn't even turn around. Joe Joe didn't see the look on his face because Kyle, Kyle didn't even look at him. Like there is no deal on the table, guys. Like that is not a good. That's not a healthy well, relationship. And you've won, you, like you've paid the guy millions of dollars. You've tens of millions. You've won championships, races, yeah. gave him the best people around him for years, and that's how he treats you. Would you be Would you be rushing to give him something? Like, I'm not trying to hate on anybody, but I can see the writing on the wall. You just asked me who I would rather have drive my race car. Dude, there are, there is less than three people that can drive a car in a circle as good as Kyle Busch. Ever. Ever. Rusty Wallace, <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> Jimmy and Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. You can, I, I just threw Rusty Wallace yeah, out yeah. to chap your ass. He's trying to piss me off. But He's a top three talent all time. Ever. Yes. Agreed. But... Even in that, like, it's not a top three employee. But you, that's for sure. you are also this sport owes you absolutely nothing. Yes. right. But, like but your, your the question, race teams owe you absolutely nothing. But your being, question to me was, who would money's not an option? Who do you want driving your car? Money's well, always the option. But it's always the option. We're stacking pennies. Being that top three talent, he has every right to ask for top three talent money. That's fine. Agreed. But if nobody's going to pay you that, you got to take fourth place money. All right, we've we've said it and we've said it and we've said it. The price for driving these race cars in the last five years has gone down, and it's going to continue to go down because nobody's going to come into the sport and pay guys to drive the race car more than what they're they're not going to come in to lose money. They're not going to do it or pay them forty per forty x more than what market value is for the current driver market. There are certain guys that an Indiana Jones slides underneath the wall as it comes down and grabs the grabs the hat before like those guys are Denny Hamlin. Joey Logano, Harvick, and that's it. It's like the now it really truly did fall like the way Kurt's deal or Kyle Busch's deals fell, two years short of the TV deal where some influx of money is going to come through the teams and the trickle down effect will happen. But right now everybody's lean. The cost of the new car was more than whatever everybody anticipated. And also, by the way, you're losing a sponsor of over twenty million dollars a year. Like. You can't just make that up in a couple phone calls. Now, like it, it makes me think he's not he's not going to go the eight car. Like, say he get loses a ride, right? And I wouldn't want to get too down this rabbit hole, but he's not going to go the eight car because they're bringing money there. Like, Tyler's half funding that deal. 
from what I understand. I don't really know how that works, but there's Tyler's, a there's a line of credit there. Tyler Reddick is definitely bringing money to the eight car to drive it. So Kyle Busch is not obviously he's not signing at Gibbs. He's not going to pay to drive somewhere, but doesn't open the door for like homeboy from the forty two, Marty Gallagher. Hey, like I, you might I, not you might be on. Well, Gene Haas did it. If you remember what what Haas was, it was as it was worse than the forty threes running for sure. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, back in the like the the double zero Jeff Green Leffler days, like it was a spot like a and I don't want to say that say this is like a a knock. It was, like it was spire level. They were at the back end of the garage. Like you get you give Tony some equity in that thing. Now they're all of a sudden, well. There's a Hendrick Alliance that played in obviously, but like you get somebody like that and changes the trajectory of your organization. Why not? Obviously, it seems as though Noah Gregson's on the 99-yard line, and they're just about to hand it off and punch it in and do a deal there. But if you're Maury Gallagher, Who would you why not? Have? Noah Gregson or Kyle Busch? Who would you rather have, Noah Gregson or Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Does Kyle Busch throw up? I mean, he... Changing, changing subjects <laughs> no. here. The good thing about Ty Gibbs this weekend is he did beat Kyle Busch. This is true. <laughs> on the, hey, if you look at it, you'll see. On the, on the results. On the results. You look at the results, and it'll show. Ty Gibbs in his first ever race beat Kyle Busch. Wow. That's impressive. Gosh, you beat him too. So maybe <laughs> I, that's impressive. So when you tweeted I, out when you tweeted out your finishing position, was that the adjusted or was that the that was the OG? Okay. No, no. Like I waited, and as I was pulling up Twitter to like do just like a P twenty one, which you know, because like my goal is to finish top twenty. Like yeah. I feel like that's pretty, like it's hard to do that in the Cup of Series, especially with where we're at. We beat everybody we we're supposed to be 38, 21, 16, 31. Like everybody, like in that group, is is who we try to beat, and we did that. Got two free spots, top twenty. So I didn't even bother of doing like P twenty one. Second pick. Oh, I just did like everybody else. Yeah. I just was like, hey, this is where we finished. I guess. So, when the pay one opened up, the old seven car lined up nineteenth, got nineteenth place money. Hey. Spent it, Dale. So first time since nineteen sixty. Yeah. Uh, first time since 1960 that you just never you just haven't seen NASCAR pull the win the day of. It's usually just Tuesday. They'll let Danny keep the win, and they would yank 30, 40 points or whatever it was, and then find them right. But unprecedented, not quite unprecedented, but unprecedented in the last 60 years for NASCAR to pull the dub away after post race inspection. Why? Well, obviously. So we'll we'll break it down to make it an easier way. They had tape on the nose and they had, it wasn't just a piece of scotch tape on the nose. They had helicopter tape under the wrap of the nose. And why do they call it helicopter tape? Because uh, I don't know, but I, <laughs> do they use it on helicopters? I know one time someone, lackey our gas man, someone ran over and said, you have any helicopter tape at the race there in frantic. And he goes, Hey, we don't even have a helicopter. And the guy just locked up uh, uh, and then ran away. <laughs> I got race car tape. I don't know why they call it helicopter tape, but helicopter tape is not just masking tape. It is very thick tape yep. and what, what it can do. And I don't know what it's they did. I don't think anybody tape. at this point, <laughs> Anybody at this point knows exactly what they did, but they put the tape on the nose under the wrap. And what that can do is it can soften character lines on the nose. It can widen what, the nose do, a little bit. What do harsh character lines, what does softening up a character line do? Take it can change out? the pressure on the nose. It can it can take the drag out of the nose to put more front in it. To put either more front or connect the air better to your quarter panels to give you more side force. It can change a lot of stuff. But what I know is, and you, and you know this because you worked in the wind tunnel department at Stewart Haas. Yeah, won a championship doing it. No big deal. Well, I'm but, just uh, saying. I'm just just making, <laughs> yeah, no, just making sure yes. people have your deal. credentials yes. before you're just sitting there. Oh, Skip's just changed tires. No, you 
in 2011 were working in the wind tunnel at Stewart Hospital. Yes, in so the Aero Group. You've you've seen it back yes. in the wild, wild west of let's just call it five years ago. How many little areas of thick decals and uh, wickers on the on the quarter panels? And remember the days where the side skirts were pulled way out. Like, let's just say you built a box stock body, mm-hmm. and then you went from that box stock body to all the tricks. Yeah, the wickers the thick tape, the deck lid, thick vinyl on the back to make the spoiler shorter. Like how much is that worth? I mean, it's, it's worth it. If it wasn't worth anything, they wouldn't do it. And there is, there is little stuff we've done forever. Like on the 14 car at super speedways, we'd put a thicker decal just on the outline of the 14. You watch guys that, you know, put lead in their car covers. So when they throw the car cover on the deck lid, it knocks it down. There's all these games have been played forever and NASCAR's onto it. Now it did not show up on the gold surface scan when it went through the Hawkeye. It didn't, obviously in pre-race it wasn't found. And this is something that might be small enough to where it's not found when they scan the car. But what I do know from years past, from being on cars that had mud in the nose and situations like this, NASCAR does not like when you put anything on the nose because it is such a high pressure area. That has to be a stock OEM part and that's why this penalty is so harsh because, man, that is just an absolute no-no, and we all know that. It's principle, right? So, like, when, when all the teams are trying to figure out what police in this next-gen car, it looks like what the what the penalties were for messing with it, all the teams said, save us from ourself, because if you don't slap somebody's hand for putting helicopter tape on the nose, then all of a sudden you've got teams making molds, heating up body panels, and getting it right back to the place where we were. So the essence of this next-gen car is to build a car and then set it up to your best knowledge and try to make the best man win, best strategy win, best driver win any given week. So they they force NASCAR's hand, yank that win away, yank that trophy away. If you want a nice Eagle trophy, it's on eBay, half bottle used champagne. Now I qu- like that video. It was quite good. They're not the only team that got in trouble this weekend. Petty GMS also, they changed the screen on their, they on their rocker the box. They changed the screen on their rocker boxes, changed the uh, whole size on that guy. So they got a big penalty coming as well. 35 points and some money. But what you touched on is the teams agreed on this and the team owners agreed on this and the team owners wanted this. Now, is the is the penalty harsh? Yes, but I wonder. They found it pretty quickly. So I wonder if when they were looking at the if the 45 or if all Toyotas had it, if when they were looking at the 45 and ob- assessing what happened in that crash, take Kurt out, they saw something they didn't like and then they they waited and Hammered them in tech. I, I wonder if I heard. I heard the it went at, as soon as the 18 or 11 parked in pit road. There was an official that went right to the wrap and pulled it right off. Like what's this? Yeah. So they knew it was there somehow. Either somebody the garage pleases itself. Oh, the, somebody rolled on them. Somebody tell somebody. They, everybody looks at everybody's cars. Everybody takes pictures of them, and you can if you could see it. It's something that they knew was going on somewhere. Well, the, the Toyotas have an the way their ID kit of their nose uh, is made. It goes up to about I don't know, like six or seven inches halfway up the front fender. Well, so they they just put that helicopter tape in this body line here to soften the body line up. Whether that adds some side to it, knocks some front, uh, puts some front DF in it. Whatever it was, I can assure you, it wasn't worse, or they wouldn't have went through the process of building it. Correct. They owned it. In the PC way of saying we're going to adjust their assembly process, like eh, we might have forgot a piece of tape. No, it, it was on there on purpose. So definitely big implications. Ob- also, like if you're the marketing team at 
Gibbs and you're trying to sell the 18 car, like it's hard. It's a black eye. It is freaking hard, man. Because they're already having a hard Napa. It's what shut. It's what shut Michael Walter Brayson down. It's what shut Michael Walter Brayson down with the old scratchy elbow. Still couldn't recover. But that's it, man. They yeah, they yanked it. They're sounding the siren and. In Dawson, now, do you do just that air horn? Think, they actually no, do I the, think they rank. I mean, hey, the, my man I, got yeah. first place pay. That's yeah. first place money. And it'll, it'll I don't know say if it's a trophy. reference that Chase Elliott is the winner. Till the end of time. Zero laps led. That's good old Sunday afternoon for Clyde. If, if it's called a siren, I, I thought about this today when I was driving and I saw that it said, you know, pool room home of NASCAR. Is it a champion? Champion or is a champion? <laughs> well, they said they also said they're having a hard time holding their letters on the board and wonder some clear tape will help. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> Dang! Hammered zingers from the pool room. What do you got, Chuck? I was gonna say we got a we got somebody. Oh, we got a yeah. guest. Let's get my buddy Black Mom on the show. Talk about his ARCA debut coming right up next. Stick around. This is Stacking Penny. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And guys, special guests here on Stacking Pennies. You would know him from Backseat Drivers and just NASCAR.com in general. My good buddy for a long time, Dylan Smith, a.k.a. Black Mama joins the show in lieu of his first career ARCA start this weekend at IRP. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. I've been watching the show forever. I was like, damn, I can't believe they've never called me one time for one opinion or nothing. Well, Denny and Kyle both got disqualified, so you were third this week. That's fair. Welcome to the well, party. Does, doesn't that make me number one, though? It does. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah it does okay. make you number one because there's nobody else we asked. Well, there we go. Thanks for jumping hey, out. Hey, happy to be here. First off, I'm proud of you. For Thanks, man. Grinding. We've been grinding, all three of us in this game for a long time, known each other since we were uh, wee little lads at the go-kart uh, place out behind. Uh, Joy of Seton, we were just talking before he jumped on, though. I, I You said that it was our fault for giving you the Black Mama name. Dude. Where'd that come from? Dude, so so remember like the when Michael Cherry was yes. the Michael Cherry days of Rev, yes. right? So he brought me down to go go-karting with y'all at Victory Lane. And I had already been once or whatever, so you already had your racer name in there. So as the helmet sitting here, Kobe, mm-hmm. I put in Black Mama. I'm like, man, that's a cool nickname, right? Kobe was your guy. Kobe was my yeah. At that point, Kobe was he was a he was a bad boy at that. Oh point, yeah, right. So what year was that? Do you think eleven? Okay. So it's coming off of his like MVPs and like just mm-hmm. everything he's been doing, and so it was already in there. But I had not met you guys. 
I literally went with Michael Cherry. And, like, I think I was, like, seventh or eighth or something like that on the board. And you guys are looking at the thing. You're like, who who the hell is the Black Mamba? And I'm like, this little five or something. I'm like, hey. Please. It wasn't it wasn't McReynolds. McReynolds, yeah. Yeah, well, no, but Brandon was there, but I he, knew he wasn't the Black Mamba. No, yeah, it wasn't McReynolds. It was you. Yeah, it was me. It was. I mean, it was either me or Mark Davis, and you guys already <laughs> knew Mark. So, so we go, we go, we run, and I start on like the front row of the next race. You were to my left. I'm sure I worked you over. Logano, I think, was to the right, and either Skip or Brandon was right behind me, and you guys like sandwiched me, and then Logano hit the brakes, and I went. <laughs> Right into the wall and got stuck underneath the wall and they had to red flag it. Well, you're not going to do that this weekend, are you? No. All right, good. No, um, we'll be on those days. So how'd this all come together? I know AJ Allmendinger was involved. The car looks like AJ's champ car, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about AJ and y'all's relationship, how you made it happen. Yeah, so uh, I've known AJ for a while. Um, and, like, we, we kind of met through this guy named Mark Biebrick, who was on the on the K&N team with me with Larson. And he was our car chief. And me and Mark got really become really good friends. And then Mark left, went to JTG when, when AJ was there. And and that's so that's kinda how I met AJ. And um we were just at, we were at Boatyard Eats and I was telling him kinda he's like, When are you gonna race again? I'm like, I don't know, like kinda working on this ARCA thing with, with you know, team Dylan management and Austin Craven and he's like, Well, what do you need? He kind of told him, and he's like, all right, give me that napkin. Get the hey. napkin, writes it out right there, and I'm like, yes. let me sign that right now and take a picture so you ain't taking this back. Yes. So that's hey, how we Mark, did it right and there. And sign that thing in blood. In blood. Drunk napkin co- contracts are the best, that, bro. Listen, the best deals are made at the bar, and I think the greatest deals are made playing golf. I've had neither of those. Well. I got you up. I'm I need to work. Up. I need to work on that. So, what are the expectations going in this week, man? You don't get to race very often. Once a year is uh, about your one thing. So, why'd you pick this weekend with Tyler Young as a go arca race? Yeah, usually it's you guys know. Usually it's like the snowflake, and you know that race is so tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went down. I went down and worked worked with you, and you went and made the derby. Um, and it's I do that because you have so much track time. So hopefully by the time you get to qualifying everything, you're kind of you understand what you need to do and where you're at. So, but Tyler Trosper, one of our buddies, he's getting married that same week, mm. and he asked me to officiate the wedding. And I was what? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm marrying. You're ordained. Or I will be, by the time that comes up. So <laughs> what an honor. I, well, I mean, so it's like he's like, I know you always race that weekend, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like. Oh. If you really want me to, I get it. I'll do it for you. So when when I saw that you were driving an arc car, uh, it it kind of it brought back memories of remember when we <laughs> drove up there? Oh my god! To IRP. Me and this guy go to IRP. And Neil Lewis. Neil Lewis and Chase Briscoe's driving. So car. pause right quick. So this was like when I was crew chief in West Cars, flying to Bakersfield, had really no driving thing. So I was like. A hired crew chief. Hired gun. And Paul Andrews out of the blue, hey, man, Corey, what are you doing this weekend? I, like, nothing? I don't know. Like, I got this kid, uh, Chase Briscoe, he's running a third car for us. We got nobody to work on it. Do you think you can run a couple guys to work on this thing? Yeah, sure, why not? So Mamba was helping me. We'd go to some different Canon races or whatever. I'm like, Mamba, we're going to IRP this weekend. Sure. We load up in a van, and we head on up to IRP. So... It was hotter than a well digger's oh ass up there. Anybody been in? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it is there. It's oh so hot. God. It's so, so hot, man. I, I think it's awesome that it comes full circle that you drove up there with me to mechanic on Chase Briscoe's yeah. ARCA car. And now 
you get to live your dream this weekend, man. So what do you expect? Uh, man, I I, I want to be competitive. Right. What does that like? What does I that look think, like? I think that looks like um, having like seventh place speed. I feel like right. at least like at, through practice, and then if we can, you know, dodge some of the some of the rolling blockades. That would so be, I how th- do you prepare? Because you don't get a whole lot. Of, I mean, you're definitely not getting sim time. No. What do you get? I racing. Yeah. So Tyler watch ESPN yeah. coverage is excellent. Yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of Stack and Pennies. They, you guys do a good job of getting us prepared for the weeks. So, yeah. And then we talk about it on backseat drivers. So no, but Tyler Young has I racing at the shop. So uh, I was there today. I'm gonna go back um, tomorrow with Jesse Little. Me and Jesse gonna turn a bunch of laps and just kind of get it helps, it. man. I know. Well, Skip. So Skip called me. Skip called me last week, and he was like. Man, you gonna I race? I'm like, I gotta find a rig. He's like, dude, if you don't find one, like, come to my house because it helps. And His rig sucks, but at least you're jumping on it. No, you suck. <laughs> no, your rig sucks. No, you suck. No, your rig sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it help. It does help though. Yeah, it is tough. It is different. What? So you have, you've obviously. I mean, we worked together at Stuart Haas when you were a mechanic working yeah. on teardown, and you've done a good job. Just staying relevant in the sport—it's a hard thing to do. You, you yeah. know, you wanted to work in the sport, you didn't really know where your place is, and you've got a good—you found a good home here at NASCAR doing media stuff. Why? I feel like whenever I go back and get in a car, it, I feel very vulnerable because it, you know you're you're out there. There's a chance you could suck. Yep. There's a chance you could wreck. There's a chance you could be on TV for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yep. And I know that, and I embrace that, and I know the reasons that I go do it. Why? Why do you want to go back and put yourself on on that uh, pedestal? Because. When I moved down here, I moved down here because I want to drive race cars. Like that's what that might not be what I'm doing all the time, but if I don't, if I don't do it at all, it like digs at me. Yeah, it's like the whole reason I came down here, I'm not fulfilling that right. And even if it's once a year, um, it's great. And and now I get to marry that with doing on camera stuff here at NASCAR and with the digital media group, and which is super fun. I got to do like driver intros, which is awesome, and. I don't know, man. Like the passion of driving—that's that's what I love to do. But how I'm moving the, how I'm trying to help move the sport forward, I can do that without being in the driver's seat. But I want to race because I enjoy it. For sure, love that. So obviously, stacking pennies originates from setting clear-cut goals you can achieve over the course of the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Little tiny things that nobody really picks up on. I feel like we need to establish some pennies for you to stack this weekend. Yeah, what do we got? Number one, finish all the laps. 200 of them. Yep. All right. So there's a lot of to do before that last one comes into play. Right. I would not be concerned with being seventh or better in practice. Okay. I would be concerned of figuring out where the corners are at. First time to RP. Yep. Not a not an easy track. There's about nine different lanes to run. Yep. Right. So right, don't right. chase speed charts in practice. Get settled in. Find out where the corners are at. Don't even look at them. Don't even really don't even look at them. Because you got to settle in, and first time you're driving an arc car. Yeah, and we only have honestly like, when I say seventh, I mean like I want to be in that range by the time we're done. Yeah, we only have an. I think we only have like an hour. We get one practice on the thing. So, yes, don't expect to be seventh. So let's just say, hey, get faster every time you hit the racetrack. Yep. Let's uh, let's not even pick a position to qualify. Let's put a ninety-four percent effort lap down in qualifying. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Not go yeah, eighty four. Yeah, don't don't don't, don't go hundred. Yeah, don't bust your ass in qualifying. Ninety four. That's a good number. You got to leave yourself six percent of margin for error. I'd go eighty seven. <laughs> That's why he changes tires. That's why. I <laughs> so maybe he's in between. Maybe it's somewhere in between. 
Keep the fenders on it. Yeah, for sure. All four of them. Because there's four. Yeah. There's two behind you right. and two in front of you. Right, right. And then run all laps. Yeah. Let the position speak for itself at the end. You can do all those. I feel I feel like that. Would I you mean, like to have any of those added in there? No, I think that's good. Don't put a position on it. No, I, like, and it's not really. Someone got. They didn't get mad. They they commented on something. They're like, I think it's weird that this guy is like gonna go race, but doesn't really isn't like trying to move up. Like, there's so many other people that could have the opportunity. I'm like, can I add one more to the list? Yeah. Don't read <laughs> social media <laughs> ever, <laughs> so, especially this weekend. Yeah. Don't do it. Oh no, yeah, no, I can't. Well, I will say like. When we when I started, bro, people are gonna chirp. It, they just, but they don't know, right? And that's the that's the funny uh, thing. It's the like, finishing no, no, no. position for you it has to be the result, not the goal, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's the result of all the stuff you did right, and then it'll work itself out. If you go there with a the goal of trying to do that, you're always gonna be. It's gonna be trying too hard, man. A lot Settle it, in. A lot of it is just enjoying it, man. There's a point where I didn't yeah. think I was gonna be able to get to this to be yeah. able to do it and do it on the a NASCAR towing level or even, like, anywhere close because it kept coming up short. Hey, I wasn't going to watch the ARC race. Now I am. I'm going to go. I'm not going to be there. Come I'm going to go. You know uh, who's spotting for me? That's what I was going to ask. Coleman, Coleman Presley. Oh, so, oh, I mean, man. hey. I got, dude, I put the whole squad back together on this deal. Bro, you've got a squad. Who's crew chief in that thing? Panda. Panda. Oh, boy. So that thing will be that thing will be pretty decent. I feel like you could run top ten if you stack all the pennies. I feel like that's. I good. think you could do that. But before you run top ten, you gotta get through the entire day, nice, cool, calm, and collected before six p.m. Friday night at IRP. Mm. I got faith in you, buddy. You can do it. I appreciate. Just it. settle in, man. Stuff's not easy, especially when you do it one time a year. But uh, is that on TV live? Marry me. <laughs> you had to sit here the whole time. It is on TV live. Yeah, it's FS1. Yeah, it's what? live on FS1, yeah. six o'clock. You were here because you wanted to talk to Mama. What do you got? So you guys didn't shut up the whole time. I was going to ask him where he wanted to finish, but then you said he shouldn't make that the goal. No, it should. It's not the goal. But it's the then, result. But then Corey followed up and said, "I think you could get a top 10. So I'm confused. I think now. you could. I, I'll say this. within. Yeah, if you don't. Do too much. Qualifying, honestly, qualifying for the snowflake in the Myrtle Beach 400, like, like that is so hard. That was so hard to me. Like that, this I'm, I'm already in the race. We just, it's more about like getting acclimated and making it the end. Settle in. Tell man. us about the helmet, bro. Corey's kicking it. At I the know. No, oh, I've, I've, that's just the visor, dude. Shout out to Greg from Off Axis Paint and Noel, oh. who also, who who obviously is a badass airbrusher who airbrushed. What coat. size is that? Is that a three X? Can yeah. I fit in this? That? Uh, no. This can't fit your bucket head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it, ain't, it barely. Airbrushed fits mine. a sweet black mom on the side, and the black mom on the other side. And you know who's gonna be wearing it? This black mama right next to me. <laughs> this thing's sweet, man. It's probably a one and doneer. What could, are you gonna do with it? I don't know. I don't know yet. I, I, it's so awesome. Uh, we went to the because actually because you got this show, partially we got to go to the hashtag Sports Awards in mm. Vegas the other week. Yeah, and there was a lot of cool art, and I feel like next year this thing could be a part of that. So you can put you can put it in a Louvre. Yeah, it should. It belongs in the sport. It's this cool. thing's pretty cool. They did. He did. Kick ass job with it. Mm. It won't be a one and doneer because you're gonna run more after this one. Hey. You don't need your helmet. Let's hope that would be sick. Hang on one last thing before you go, Black Mamba. I forgot to ask you the questions. The questions. Yes, every you're no exception. We've asked Justin Marks. We've asked any driver that's been on the podcast these couple questions. Number one, if you had to pick one race car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life, what do you go with? Oh, wow. One car and one track the rest of your life. 
Man, I, I would just I would just like to I would go back home. I would go to Thunder Road Speed Bowl. With a what? Uh I really like driving the Pro Eight models. That thing's a turd, man. But I like them. Put something with a mo some motor in it. I like them. And don't they're, bully they're, him, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to you you're sitting like, here telling me, Mom, I like him. For the rest of your life, you wanna you wanna drive a car with two hundred horsepower. Hey man, and I, treaded tires. I'm gonna tell you, no, that's hey man, not, a, that's likes, not hey. a pro weight model. Yes, it is. No, you're thinking, we, that's a you're not you're not. In this reminds me of Joe Dirt. You, you <laughs> only have sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> about the whisker do's and whisker don'ts. Twirly birds. That's just what I like. Well, that's just what I, don't, I could run a four cylinder there around there for the rest of my life, and it'd be cool. Hey, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be fun. Now we're talking I, I, front I, wheel I, drive. I just love that play. I miss it too. I do miss it. Interesting answer. Can't say I love it. Snake Question number two. What's the most embarrassed you've ever been at the racetrack? Behind the wheel, mechanic, whatever. Uh, the most embarrassed, man. It takes a lot for me to get embarrassed, but probably um, I, I, I think Bubba won Michigan, and I had to run back. I was doing PR. He won the truck race, and I was doing PR for MDM at that point. And I went to jump back over the wall to go get something, and I got my foot caught on the top of it, and and it was in the back shot of the of the S one camera. Uh, yeah, I get it. And Beave, Aaron Coon, he's uh, like, "You're looking real good out there, bud." I'm like, "Oh." Corey wasn't. Corey was ra racing at the time, but remember when John Hunter Nemechek set the grass on fire next to us? <laughs> yeah, at the Snowball Derby, oh, yeah. and you were trying to put it out with your shoe. <laughs> You missed that. That lives in my head forever. You had Air Force Ones on trying to stomp that fire out about lit the whole place Stomping on fire because it was right next to his gas tank. It camp. was right. Well, yeah, we were about to blow up. That was yeah. the thing. So. You missed it because you were on the track, but it was something else. We've been through some buddy. Dude. Keep on grinding. We're going to make it one of these days, I think. We're doing all right right now, I feel like. We're going to do all right on Friday night. I got faith in you. I'm excited. That's Black Mom, everybody. Root for him. FS1, 6 p.m., Friday night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. 
It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. All right, back in it here with some pit road boats and woes. Very tricky weekend. Uh, I didn't even go back and watch the race from Pocono, but there seemed to be a bunch of varying strategies, some guys trying to short stages, some guys trying to go long, and everywhere in between. So a lot of different strategies, but what we did see was something we normally don't, and what was it? Well, we did see another nine-second average, that's for sure. That's moving. That is that is hauling the mail. That was uh, Now, Pocono is a place where you don't do a lot of stops, and even when you do, some of them don't count because you're waiting on fuel. Like we did a 15 second stop because we were waiting on fuel, but the 11 car knocks out a 9.58 average, and they did. Uh, it was definitely a quantity or quality over quantity day, and they were they were hauling the mail. Uh, too bad they were cheating, so it doesn't count. <laughs> so the one car wins the day. So uh, <laughs> moving on, hey, that's what it is. Some more freaking drama from 23, 11. Yeah, that was interesting move that they just all of a sudden swap crews. Now, the 45 the team last week was P1 on pit road. They're a good crew. Okay. But I believe the 23 team is a good crew as well. But obviously, they saw something shiny there with the 45 team. But it makes it hard when you when you switch because neither of them were in, ranked in the top 20 for the day. Your road crew, everything goes into that. How your driver stops, being able to read them. So where you just bring in a different pitcher for a left-handed batter. That's mm-hmm. not really how this works. Well, does it have anything to do with Kurt not being in the race? So essentially the 45 in terms of the playoff picture, you know, Kurt can't do anything to advance his position in the playoffs. If he's not in the race car, Bubba can, obviously he's, you know, Kurt's crew has been better than whatever's been on the 23. So to me, that's what, that's what stands out is why they did it is because it couldn't take anything away from Kurt by switching the crew. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, the twenty fifth, the twenty three eleven guys are going to do their own pit. They're going to do their own pit crews next year. And really, from what I understand, the guys that are on the twenty three now are the guys that are going to be, you know, going and doing that. So, what's that do for confidence of the unit when you get taken off the car and swapped to another one? It's I've been part of it, right? I've gotten pulled in the middle of a race before, and it sucks. But it's a professional sport too. But some people can't mentally come back from it. You have to be able to be like, okay, that sucked. Be mad. I tell all the guys when they get moved, um, at you know, guys that get moved at Penske, I say, hey, be mad for a day. Then come in here ready to work tomorrow. Be pissed off. Bitch to everybody today. Get it out of your system. I get it. It sucks. It's unjust. It's unfair. You're better than that. Get it out of your system. Come back tomorrow and ready to be work. Ready, ready to put work in and put this place in a position where you're good enough where they can't afford to not use you. What does the work look like if you're 2311 trying to build an entire pit crew department? It's way more work than I want to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, you look at, so I was, I was thinking about that when I read this, when Janie sent it over earlier, there is so much that goes into these pit departments, analytics, video guys, recruit, train, just, I'm not even to them yet. Right. The trainers in the gym, the facility, the, the coach, right. The, the backup coach, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on. Like at Penske, we have. Four, we have five cup teams we send to the track every weekend between our three house cars, the 21 and the 38. Then we have probably another team or two, like a team and a half or two of guys that are just sitting on the bench because you need them now more than ever, right? Gibbs has eight full teams worth of personnel that just pit. I'm not talking about their people in the gym, the people they use for nutrition, people they use to, you know, help the guys when they're hurt. So 
you're not just looking to get two pit crews. You can't just have two pit crews. You need to have three and a half or four because you need to have depth. And now with you know the the wheel situation and people getting suspended, it's a real thing that you don't have your guys and you have to have people that can fill in and and perform at a high level. So two questions on that. The first one, piggybacking off of like opening up a new pit department, I like to me, I see that as is a good thing for the sport because one, it brings new blood in. You've got more jobs that you can bring into the sport. And and two on that, like you I, I feel like you would want your own guys, like this whole like farming out pit crews to smaller teams. I get where it's a budget saver in the long run, but wouldn't you want more places that you could farm out? a pit crew too. Um, from. Yeah. You want as many guys as you can have. Yeah. And you want to have them on cars like, you know, the 38 or the 77 or the seven or the 34. You want to have that because you can just take from them. Obviously 2311 does not see themselves that they want to be the farm, just the farm team from Gibbs. And that's what they are right now. Right. They're basically the double a team from Gibbs and same way. The seven seventy seven are for Hendrick. Same, same exact thing. So, they don't see themselves that way, but they also don't have a shop, right? Like they don't have their own facility. They have a shop in Mooresville, but they don't have a pit facility. So what I'm hearing they're going to do is rent out Gibbs in the afternoon. So you're going in the kind of hostile territory already. So that's that's a tough one for me. I'd like to understand it as it comes and, you know, who they're going to hire, who they're going to get, because really the divide between good guys and great guys, and I'm sure they're going to want great guys, is really it's really pretty it's a pretty big line. It's, it's not like uncharted drivers. though either. If you think back to when, I think I think the the big breakdown happened between Adam Stevens and the guys on the seventy eight at Indianapolis when huh big guy yeah huh? cowboy uh, you got cowboy, cowboy huh? right after that gotta be a big shot right after huh? that you know <laughs> Furniture Row took the Gibbs pit crew and then took control of of that unit. Is that what Denny's talking about here? Or are they talking about doing like ground up because it's not unprecedented that you know situation it sounds happens. like it's going to be a little bit of what the 78 did okay um that that's what it sounds like yes they they also i don't know if they they rented out the pit school for a little bit but they also rented out gibbs facility with their own coaches and stuff like that but yeah didn't it's a, they didn't they just coach and do whatever to the gibbs athletes that they wanted to do or did they i think they were under contract with the 78 okay yeah but I, i'm not exactly sure i wasn't part of that but it there's there's a lot more that goes into having a it's a, it's just a whole nother department in your shop um and and it's a lot of people and a lot of moving parts and the expectations they they have are really high maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll practice down here at time warner in the hornets uh practice facility maybe so that'd be interesting yeah why not i mean mj owns a team I in, in stock as big rand in would say. stock but that's also a step if you want to be a championship contending team you can't be relying on another team to send you your pit crew. I'm happy you bring championship contending up. Because this one kind of flew under the radar, and I didn't realize it until I kind of looked at rosters and was uh, walking around this weekend. But our championship team from last year, Cliff Daniels, was back this weekend. Mm-hmm. His jackman and his tire changer were not back. Over the break, his jackman got hurt, so he'll be out until at least the playoffs. But Danny Tasser on the front of his car, who was the most – um, accurate guy on pit road last year. If, for lack of a better term, he was probably the best front tire changer on pit road last year. He's a championship guy. We're praising them last year. He loses his spot for a couple weeks because of a mistake at Sonoma. 
And they come back and Blaine Anderson's on the front of that thing because he's done a good job. That's why you never want to give your position up. So it's a it's a tough deal. So yeah, him Blaine Anderson will be is changing front tires on that thing and Alan Holman is the jack man until uh, it looks like Brandon Johnson can come back from his injury. Hmm. But that's a big deal for, uh, I mean, we see in the press, Gibbs does a really good job of putting out contract signings, putting out the good, the bad, the ugly. We, we've talked about the Gibbs pickers, the 23-11 pickers, but this stuff happens everywhere. And this is our championship team from last year with two champions of the sport that uh, that were at the top of the top last year. And now they're, you know, fighting to get their job back. Certainly some woes. They're trying to get some boats to pedal a thing all the way to a championship, and that's what Gibbs seems to be trying to do. But also Denny trying to set his team up to be a championship contending team in the future. There you have it. We're headed to India this weekend. Backwards stops. Uh, we're going to break down that as well as all things to expect heading to that 14-turn, 2.439-mile road course right after this, right here on Second Penny. Busy weekend in Indianapolis this weekend. We have everybody there. Arca, like I just mentioned, with Dylan Smith, Black Mamba, 6 p.m. on FS1, followed shortly thereafter by Trucks at 9 p.m. Trucks at IRP just feels right, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I just love it. Saturday, IndyCar, 12.30, Xfinity, 3.30, and then Sunday, the show comes to town, 2.30 p.m., I presume it's on usa nbc it is on the yeah. big dog yeah. on nbc yeah. tune in i do know that <laughs> um you're welcome i'm glad you. this might be a nice cold like take join in on that. this might be a nice cold take i, I have heard that this is the last year we're gonna go to the road course and i hope so because i just there's nothing that gets me excited to go to the road course at indy these cars on the oval would be sweet dude love it i mean yes yeah I kind of want to see, you know, some aerial shows and some uh, that that that. Well, go to Circus Ole, Chuck. Right. Hmm. Are you picking at me for uh, jumping just a, just a little, to oblivion last just a little, year? Just a little sausage curb. They got rid of the sausage <laughs> curbs last year. Stay tuned for Corey stories Sunday morning. You'll hear. All yeah, that. we're gonna dig into my launching a thirty-seven hundred pound vehicle about six feet in the air today. Now it's a crown jewel race. How do you think it's just gonna be on? It's US not a crown jewel hey, race. Man, it's brickyard. No, it ain't. Hey man, it's brickyard. The br it ain't the brickyard if you're going the opposite way over it. Well, you That's drive over fast. the yard of bricks. Still nope. a yard of bricks. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Backwards. No, it might as well be millimeters, Chuck. It's a half brick yard in the infield. <laughs> yeah. No, it ain't a yard of bricks. Yeah, but you don't it is race some sort exclusively of on the yard of bricks. Some sort of millimeter measurement that's metric that doesn't even apply. Some European measurement. So what do you drink then? If, like, you know, I know they drink. You don't drink milk. milk. I know, but I'm just saying you drink like. Kombucha. Oat milk. Kombucha. Yeah, you can <laughs> drink kombucha. You I don't look, know. You you look like you enjoy a good kombucha. <laughs> His kid loves kombucha. You, His kid's a two-year-old. It just Coral, good for the gut. Yeah, Cor yeah good Coral gut Joy is a big product. Bro, probiotic, probiotic. You don't have a, a you don't hippie. have a body like this without drinking some good stuff. He's a real hippie. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't. <laughs> so, body by Miller Lite. <laughs> body by kombucha. He's got Gogurt. <laughs> Gogurt. <laughs> Gogurt and Miller Lite. That, my body shape is actually considered Gogurt by so <laughs> many people. It is. Zoe like it. Yeah, yeah. Little boop, boop. Miss, anyway, I we're, miss we're yeah. We're so if you win this weekend. You're not kissing the bricks? No, he's pooping his pants. He already said earlier. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. Never happened before. You're not going to. Uh, By God. You're I, not going to accept your ring because it's not a crown jewel? Keep the do ring. You, 
But do you kiss the you kiss? Yeah, they kiss the bricks backwards. That's what they were doing last <laughs> year. That's what AJ Almendinger. Okay. No. So we won the Xfinity race last year, and Austin said he was not going to kiss the bricks. But I'm sure they ended up doing it. And then we were out there smooching the bricks. I'm sure. Well, it's part like I feel like that's part of the post race thing where they shepherd you around. <laughs> and you're like, all right, we're gonna go over here and do the brick photo. Here's the thing: you can't not do it. Yes, you can. You can't. You can give no. a little nosy kiss. I can tell you, Eskimo about. kisses. Yeah. If you're driving Roger Penske's Xfinity car, you win the race at his yeah. track, and you you're like, coming. I'm not doing that. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. no, no, no. It turns out you are. <laughs> you are kissing those bricks. Yes, <laughs> that is that is You'll true. Like right, <laughs> like. If all the planets align, even Pluto that's not even acknowledged as a planet anymore, happen to align with it. Pluto is a to planet, first it's not. No, it's, yeah. they, it's home of the ice cold take. Cold no. planet. If something happened and the seven car to win the, were to win the race, I would be down there kissing the bricks. Mm-hmm. Would I feel would, some kind of would way? Would I feel as I would have won the brickyard? Yes, you would. You'd stick, I don't you'd, think so. You'd stick your tongue out and I, kiss them. I oh, like I would taste every morsel of that brick. The fact that it was it would be your first win, I feel like you would feel like this is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Probably so, but and then you'd be pissed. Right off now on Tuesday, Oval. by God, <laughs> I be, do not if want. If you to... won that race, you'd be eating shrimp cocktails off in Bridgeton. <laughs> oh my God, St. Elmo's for a week. If I would through the grout, dip wow. it in the grout. Yes. Yeah. Yep. With, Absolutely. With your kombucha, kombucha. So, with all that being said. Hopefully we go back to the rectangle next year. But we're not this year. We're going to the 14-turn road course that A.J. Allmendinger got the dub last year, followed by a close second in Ryan Blaney. The restarts there are pandemonium. Luckily, we got rid of the sausage curbs, so I don't get to launch my car like Evil Knievel into next week. Still finished 16th, by the way, last year. Hey. Um, but, yes. Sweet Dude, how sketchy. So this pit road's sketchy to begin with. This is So narrow. My rear changer now Zach Price, the guy that's been not my rechanger, my teammate, is the one that got hit uh, a couple years ago. How much sketchier is it going backwards? It's hard to see. We're st- as we saw Road America, we'll see some guys getting uh, thrown to the back for driving too many bo- boxes because the boxes there are super narrow, but they're long. Yeah. So that might buy some guys a couple feet that we normally wouldn't get. Bet but- you see a lot of guys parking way too close to the wall. Yeah, because I'm telling you that the boxes there feel like they're about the size of that table. They were built for little cars in the 1900s. Yeah. That makes me confused because we have we have a nine-hole golf course inside, but the but the pit boxes are six feet wide, and the garages you have to do a nine-point turn to get in out of them. I didn't design the place. Who am I to say? Maybe we take a hole away from the golf course and then make make the garage. At least we use the F1 garages now. We used to use the old IndyCar garages, and they did not fit very well. Yeah, that's true. So. I was say, there's still enough it, space. There is something you, special about going into it. I love it's it. It's nice. It's my favorite place to go. Is it? Yeah. I lo- oh, I just, li- I just like that racetrack. Co- company man. man. I No, it was before we owned it. Well, I don't. We. Oh, like, yeah, I oh, own it. Before oh, Penske oh. owned it. The, there is a special feeling when you see the pagoda, when you walk in that tunnel there. Do you want to know what that feeling is? It's dehydration because it's <laughs> the hottest place on earth. <laughs> I will say, however, and I haven't <laughs> my, been my since, since your boss has taken over ownership, but... I do remember the yellow shirts being uh, very, very fun. Freaking whistles. Hey, um, they have a standard they need to live up to. I, 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 I they have you, a standard. Uh, Big and the they, tough part they is they have tough meetings. The, there's no bathrooms on pit road. There wasn't. No, you got to walk a damn country mile to find a pisser around there. But, <laughs> hey, you know, such is life. Yeah. But the historical aspect of that place, like there, there are two places, two racetracks that I've gone into for the first time, and I'm like, okay, this is a place. Mm, this is something. And Daytona. That, Daytona. In Indy. Yep. Yeah, the ones that just give you goosebumps yep. when you roll through there for sure. I can I get the goosebumps going through Darlington too. I get it at Darlington. I get it at Martinsville. 
but not like the first time I went, but yeah. now knowing more about it. Like, That's the biggest ones I've ever had is Talladega. That mm. place is just it's, it's pretty cool. There's it's different, just, though. I don't know. There's yeah. just something about Indian Daytona. That, no, the, the palm trees when you roll through the tunnel at the yeah, Daytona. The old tunnel. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Out of turn three and four. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say Denny ripped the side of a – Oh, Tahoe right <laughs> off. Yeah, ripped it right off. I was like, bro, what'd you do? Look like you got the Daytona uh, Darlington stripe. And, yes, half of the door was stuck on the guardrail on the way out of the, <laughs> the tunnel. That's another story for another day. We got some good penny for your thoughts here this week. Janie, what we got? Our first question comes from Mick Rose, and he wants to know, what is the biggest challenge when doing a last-minute driver swap? Um, obviously, the seat belts and inserts are very driver-specific. I believe that I read that they had to stop Ty's Xfinity hauler on Saturday night to grab the insert. I don't know if they had the same tubs, uh, the tubs of which the seat shell is, and then you put your insert inside of it. I saw those guys grinding the insert ties on Sunday morning. So I don't think they were the same tub, but it might have worked out to where they were, to where they could just swap out ties belts, his sub straps, his laps, and his uh, subs and seven points out for Curtis's. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing is, like, as long as the races are, you want to be really comfortable. You just can't. Like, I couldn't jump in Joey's seat. Joey couldn't jump in Kyle Larson's seat. Like, the cars are so driver-specific now that getting everything just right for the driver is probably the hardest part. Wise wants to know, in a car-style showdown, what three drivers would you want to see at what track and in what car? Keep with the car's theme, one driver has to be in their young year, one in their prime, and one in their late year. Yes. love These are the questions we like. This is a good question. So... Like an 86, 87 Buick Grand National at Darlington um, or Wilkesboro, one of the two. And I would love to see we'll have um, like young I'm going to go I'm going to go off a little bit of what people probably would expect. Like a young Terry Labonte or like a a young Ricky Rudd Um, and then a prime Senior and a late. You got Mark Martin down here in the sheet, which he was probably the 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 best in his late years. Late Matt Kenseth. What about in the six car? No, the twenty car. <laughs> what about Harry Gant? Man? Yeah, I was gonna say what about no. Harry Gant. I'm teeing you up to say it because people love it when yeah, you say it. Yeah, it's probably at Martinsville. <laughs> you ever see this <laughs> pulled? Say your catchphrase. Yeah. Say your catchphrase. Yeah, I know. You guys voted him in the Hall of Fame. Great yeah. job. Young Ricky Rudd, prime senior, late Matt Kenseth in a 87 Grand National at Wilkesboro. Yeah. Matt Kenseth will probably wait and wreck the leader. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> um, moving on, our last one comes from Jamie Henderson, and uh, they want to know a little bit about you outside of racing. What is your favorite sport other than racing, and what do you do in your free time? Uh, what is my favorite sport? Is mountain biking a sport? No. Kickball? Uh, kickball is my favorite sport. Thank you for bringing that up. October 6th would be the second annual Kickball Classic. More details to follow on that. That's what I'm here. I am neck deep in trying to organize all that with teams and celebrities. We're going from two celebrity teams this year to four celebrity teams, all gunning for that bronze Dale you see behind Ryan Flores' head. Um, so, yes, my favorite sport is kickball. Hard to beat. 
And then what do I do in my free time? I work out, I hang out with my kiddos, and I ride mountain bikes. Beyond that, that's about all I have time for between Monday afternoons and Friday mornings. What about in the off-season? Uh, off-season, you know, I I do enjoy skiing. I've been out west a couple of times to ski Salt Lake City. It is, pun intended, really easy to get over my skis for the limited times I do it. Like, my ambition starts to really outweigh my ability about the second time about the second day i'm out there skiing i start trying to go down the blacks and i'm not capable of that you ever just take the skis straight and just have you and, and just you french fries anything? down yeah the, just go for it i haven't built anything in in the, cool in the, in the meantime i built trophies a, I, I, yeah i like to fab some stuff um so yeah piddle keep the creative juices flowing i built a show car in the off season for coca-cola um you know little of this little of that Try to keep uh, just kids, man. They just they throw all your extracurricular stuff aside, and you just want to hang out with them all the time. So that's really what I do. Have you ever taken your skis like you have at Indy? Um, I yes, I have. Uh, usually it ends up just as good. Um, actually, Indy worked out better when I jumped my NASCAR at the GP last year over the sausage curb. We're gonna get into that. Uh, I will take you through the bird's eye and the. Actually, not even bird's eye. My own point of view through that launch. Um, this weekend, Sunday morning on Corey Story, Spare Change. Make sure you guys tune in. But also, tweet at us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Send in more questions like my man Weiss. Love those questions. Continue to uh, fire those guys in, but also continue to like, review, comment, all the things. We appreciate you guys for stacking the page with us each and every week. Tune in this weekend to Spare Change. And also tune in. 2.30 to NBC. The Verizon 200 at the Brickyard, ladies and gentlemen, on NBC. This is Stacking Pennies. I'm Corey the Joy. I appreciate you guys. Oh, one last thing. Penny Stack of the Week. Dang it, almost forgot. Jen from the Barley Creek Grill. We had a ton of potential Penny Stackers of the Week this week. We went to Saturday night. I went with uh, my sister-in-law, Laura, and my nephew to eat. And if there were... 80 people in the restaurant, like 60 of them got a picture with me. They were all race fans, but Jen particularly, they drove, I don't even know where they drove from. It was a long way away. Uh, she had a Stack and Penny shirt, coincidentally. Um, so, yes, there are Corey LaJoy and Stack and Penny fans everywhere, but particularly her, we appreciate the support of our sport, but also myself in a seven car. And, uh, you know, that's why I keep, keep coming back, keep doing the show. Gaining fans one at a time. Stacking pennies, stacking fans. Hopefully we can get to a point where we can stack a few dubs. Till then, see y'all next week. <laughs>